HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Um, I'd love to hear from both of you how you first found out about the Good Food Awards and how you've each gotten involved in your different ways. Uh, Daniel, do you want to start us off? Yeah, sure. Uh, so I am a producer here in San Francisco. So Good Food Awards is something that I, I came across from, uh, I think it got forwarded to me like three or four times, you know, before I uh, you know, had the opportunity to apply last year. Um, you know, there's not ex- exactly a category for what, what we're doing in terms of the actual awards, but the show itself looked like so much fun, and we were just a year ago just getting started uh, selling our, our first you know, few products. Um, and so it seemed like a, an awesome opportunity to get in front of an audience that really cared about um, you know, creating a more sustainable future through uh, you know, innovative, innovative food. Um, and it was, it was great. So we came back this year. Um, well, Daniel, you have a really interesting sourcing method. Can you tell Indeed. us about your product and your raw material, which is so cool? Yeah, for sure. So my company is based around this idea of harvesting grain from breweries. So like our farmer equivalent, our craft breweries, specifically ones that are in urban areas, and we take their uh, their brewed malt. So malt is basically barley that's been sprouted. And there's uh, different kinds of malt that have been basically kind of like coffee roasted to different um, uh, in different ways to bring about different flavors or body to, to the beer. And really what the malt does for beer is it, it provides the, uh, like a brewer's job is basically to create like an awesome party for yeast. Mm-hmm. And yeast is really what creates the beer. It consumes the sugar and as a byproduct of that produces alcohol and, and bubbles. Um, but the, so only the sugar from the grain is really needed. And what we discovered as home brewers is from making beers that there was all this grain that was left um, behind in that process. And I was a, a, a college student at the time living in, in Los Angeles, didn't even have a compost bin. Um, and so the stuff was going in the, in the dumpster, but it looked like oatmeal, you know, it smelled really bready. And so we thought, hey, it would be great to make some food from this. And sure enough, on the internet, we found other home brewers that had been making bread. And the original business idea was just to like make enough loaves of bread from our own grain to brew beer for free. Um, <laughs> and, you know, it's, it's, it's grown a bit beyond that. And our new, you know, our vision now is to like be, be both a service for breweries. Um, and we're, that's more of an aspirational goal. We're not yet taking all of the grain from, you know, all of the breweries, even in San Francisco, we're working mm-hmm. with three of them. There's just so much of this stuff. It's about a pound of grain for every six pack of beer. So we wow. have two flavors of bars that we're using it in now as a main ingredient, but we're also working on all the different applications of this, 
of this uh, brewed malt that is uh, really compelling from a nutrition standpoint, from a taste standpoint, of course, like impact as well, you know, the reducing waste, keeping it out of, uh, here it would be compost streams and other mm-hmm. places it could be landfill. Um, and so that's, uh, that's, that's what, we're, what we're getting after here. That is so cool. Do you have, um, like, how manageable is it for, say, a home brewer to create yeah. products out of their own spent grain? And but, any uh, words of wisdom there? Yeah, I mean, that's how we started, right? So we were just home brewing. So when you home brew beer, you make about five gallons at a time, typically, mm-hmm. which is about a third of a keg. So making that much, if you're doing all grain, um, you'd be using, like, 15 to 30 pounds of grain. Most people might be using like kind of a combination of this extract syrup with with grains you might only have you know five ten pounds of it Mm -hmm. and what you can do is you can just take uh you know it comes out wet um and you can add it to if you're going to use it right away you can add it to like a pancake mix or to even just go to trade you know trader joe's you can get the like banana bread or pumpkin bread mixes you can just add a scoop of it in there and you can freeze it um, or you can dry it in your oven which takes some time you know Mm -hmm. it's not super efficient but you know, if you're not brewing constantly, you know, and you can just kind of have this as a, you know, as a nice like whole grain to use as a, as a, you know, uh, to enhance different kinds of recipes, it's certainly manageable. There's actually a company close to close to you guys, um, Brooklyn Brew Shop. They're an online yep. homebrew supply store, and they have an amazing blog with home recipes for how to use grain from from home brewing. And so definitely recommend playing around with it. It's, it's, it's fun stuff. That's how we got our start. Very cool. Yeah. yeah. And uh, Brooklyn Brew Shop is one of our newest business members. So I just want to give nice. them a shout out and say, yeah. thanks guys. You are awesome. Um, can you say a little bit about when you were first testing your products? I imagine you did a lot of kind of like market testing, getting friends and family to do tastings. Mm-hmm. What was some early, maybe corrective feedback that you might've gotten about the products or did people love them from the get go? People from the get-go really loved the story, you know, and learning about beer and the ingredients that go into it. Um, from, you know, the bread itself was, I was not a baker at the time. I just wanted to make, make some bread. And uh, it, was, it was pretty good, and we were mostly selling it to, to friends, you know. Yeah. But we knew that we weren't going to start a fresh bread bakery because there's a lot of challenges involved with that. And so when we made our first versions of the bars, which we were like, giving to people in Ziploc bags, you know, in a, you know, college campus environment. Um, we did get some feedback that like the texture was, you know, kind of a lot to chew on. And so we made, you know, so, and the initial recipe was like very dry. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a lot of granolas are dry, but you know, trying to, so it's definitely been a very iterative thing. Uh, and going beyond the, the bar itself is where we really see the massive, massive potential to, to make all kinds of food and do, do a lot of good along the way. Awesome. Uh, any words of advice as far as you know, people who are looking to uh, start up a food business, particularly in the uh, waste stream diversion mm. space? Yeah, I mean, I think flavor first is the most important thing. So that's kind of something that we learned, you know, like right away we got a lot of interest about our story, right? And our product was okay. Um, and so we know that if we're going to be successful, we have to have incredible products that like also happen to be, you know, sustainable and using these, these upcycled, um, ingredients. So my big piece of advice would be to make sure, you know, make products that taste delicious and don't rely on the sustainability story, um, you know, alone, you know, and the other thing is to also consider food safety very carefully, um, you know, with, with ingredients that have already been used in another process, maybe they're very wet and they spoil very quickly and, you know, things like that. So, you know, there's a lot of potential for innovation and, um, doing some really good things, but it's also really important to be buttoned down from an operational perspective and make sure that you're not creating more problems through, uh, through your model. Yeah, that's 
really nice wisdom. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, thank you so much, Dan, for joining us well, thank you for having today me. on Heritage Radio Network. Again, Regrain Products. Can you say your uh, website and social media so our listeners yeah. can find you? Yeah, so we're you? at Regrain. So that's R-E-G-R-A-I-N-E-D. Or if you just look up Eat Beer, um, that's, a, that's a good way to good way to remember and find us. So cool. Regrain, Eat Beer. Cheers, everyone. Thanks for having me. All right. Thank you so much. We are going to take a quick break, and then we have a very special guest with us. A slow food movement icon is sitting here in the room, so stay tuned, and we will be right back. Thank you.